0: It's time to open the Word once again with evangelist Lester Roloff on the Family Altar program. Glory for all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. There are two great texts tonight for the message, Psalm 9:17. I find myself on the side of my humanity or maybe better put my flesh, wishing a lot of things we face would just go away. I mean, you you look out across a wicked, decayed, dilapidated, demoralized nation and say, straighten up and fly right. And you just think, well, we can't face what Rome faced. God will never do that again. I know he washed everybody away in the flood. And um, I know that uh, Germany killed six million Jews and they bit uh, bitter defeat. And Adolf Hitler went down and Alexander the Great died a drunkard and Napoleon fell. And I know that Kaiser Bill got licked. And I know that. But, Lord, is that really going to happen to America? And God seems to say, face the facts. I play favorites with nobody. According to the doctrine that I preached the other day, which you hear very little of anymore, on divine retribution, America is facing certain judgment. The greater the light, the greater the responsibility. This has been the generation of everybody Claiming rights, civil rights, children's rights, women's rights. But you know, there can really be no rights apart from some solemn responsibilities. Amen. Any man that gets more rights than he's willing to assume responsibility for yeah. will wreck his own nation right. as well as his own life. Amen. Psalm nine seventeen. The wicked, the wicked, shall be cast into hell. I didn't write that. I'm quoting that. That's a lot older than I am. You say, how old is that? A couple of hundred years old? Two thousand? No. It's as old as God. See, God said it. And God didn't call me up on the phone and say, I'm fixing to make a rather drastic statement. Will you approve it? He doesn't need to be approved. And God never did say anything but the truth. And the wicked shall be turned into hell. If you're wicked, you'll go to hell. Everybody that's wicked will go to hell. You say, do you want your enemies to go to hell? I don't want anybody to go to hell. There's never been a man wicked enough or mean enough. And if a man walked in that door right now and shot half of my head off and I fell to the floor, I believe I could say, Father, forgive him. Boy, no, you say, you think you're that good? No, Jesus is that good. I've got only one thing to do, and that's to be like him. But I'd never say, Lord, drop him in hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. But I know one thing. The Bible said the wicked shall be cast into hell. But that's not all he said. He had a word for America. And all, that's all of them. That's Rome. That's Germany. That's Greece. That's all... All the nations that forget God. Well, man, that seals our doom. America's forgotten God. Texas has forgotten God. Now, my other verse is found in Proverbs 14, verse 34. 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalteth a nation. That's good for a nation, isn't it? Now, you know what exalteth means, don't Lifts it up. Lifts it up. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, those are the two texts that we're going to be thinking about as we bring the message tonight. God uses and has used throughout all time three whips. We don't like the whip. The Bible said, he chasteneth his children and scourgeth every son that he has. You know what this generation would like to do, but they can't. They'd like to kill God. God's got it fixed where they can't kill him no more. First time he came to the world, he came in the form of a human body, divinely born of a virgin, and I'd like to answer the question tonight, if I get around to it. On, and this is what the sissies have been raising: Is it right to fight? Is it right to fight? What did Jesus think about? What happened in the Bible? And 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 what did did sissies conquer Canaan? No. Caleb was 85, and he said, "I I got strength to fight again." He said, "I'm just as strong now as I was 40 years ago." <laughs> And he said, I, I want that mountain right up yonder. Why, listen, he could have been retired a long time, but he wasn't. He was a mighty fighter. Now, there are three things that God has used. He uses famine, and we're nearly there. This world is a world of want tonight because it's forgotten the Lord. Don't you think Texas is going to be exempt or the United States? Judgment is coming. Famine! pestilence, and war. It's always been that way. It's that way now. It's going to be that way again. You know why? Because we've duplicated the sins of gluttony, immorality, homosexuality, humanism, and no Christ and no real Bible. This has been the generation of forgetting God. Now, let me come back to what I started to say a while ago. Man would kill God in the next 24 hours if you could get to Him because God is against what America's for. Yeah. If Jesus were to come back to clean up, He'd completely destroy television. He'd wipe it off of the face of the earth. Amen. The three sewer lines would be stopped just like that. Liquor traffic would have to go. Cigarette industry, come to a screeching halt. Homosexuals would never be recognized but judged and condemned. You know I'm telling the truth. What do you think the world would do to him? Kill him. But you see, when Jesus left here, he said, the next time I come, I'll fix it where they can't get me until he finishes the work. And so he sent the Holy Spirit that doesn't have a body, therefore they can't get a hold of him. they kill the Holy Spirit before breakfast in the morning, but they can't get a hold of him. Now, irreverence is grinning in the face of a holy God. Divine retribution is just around the corner. And the people are saying today just what they said back in the Bible. Well, they said, God's not going to do good and God's not going to do bad. He's just neutral. And they began to raise the question, and they said, where is the Lord? Where is some preacher's God? Dear friend, uh, He's just as real as He ever was. Now, here are some things that's going to happen as I see it. America, of course, has been a generation of globetrotters and bubble blowers, and in 1918, World War number one had a ceasing. It lasted four years. It started on my birthday, June the twenty-eighth, nineteen fourteen. And America didn't get into it until just before it closed. When America got into it, it's over. You know why? Go back and find out. The women went to the prayer closet. Right. World War number two, what number one was won by praying women that fasted and prayed. And, and knew their way to the prayer closet. And everybody knows that. Now, World War Number 2 came along, and the most expensive war that's ever been fought, and bled us white, and bled the world white. And we've been in almost constant war. And so, you see, war does one thing. It reduces us to poverty, and leaves big debts, which brings on big brother or big daddy, the government to take care of everybody. And so we have a godless government and an unsavory state control program. And the people are looking instead of to God, they're looking to government. Government's gonna feed me. Oh, brother, you're in for one more shot before this thing's over. Right. Then there came the one thing that opened the floodgates of hell on us, and that's the repeal of of the 18th Amendment, that's liquor, that finished us off. Oh, I know it took a little time. I know it's 1930-some-odd, but I tell you, we're through now. Right. And so we got a, a generation of drunks, crazy people. Part of the, And listen, from the generation of drunkards has spawned a generation of young dopeheads. The daddy that called me on the phone from Atlanta, Brother Johnny, And he said, Brother Olaf, I can't do a thing with my boy. You've got to take... Preacher called me today. He said, Brother Olaf, I've got a 20-year-old boy. There's nobody can tell him anything. He lost his driver's license, and then he caught him driving while drunk without a driver's license, and uh, he's in... And nobody can do anything with him. Preacher's son. This man on the phone, he said, Brother Olaf, you're going to have to take my boy. And uh, the boy got on the extension." And he thought he'd put his 15 cents worth in. He didn't want to come. He said, "No, I don't want to go down there. I don't want to go down there." And uh, he said directly the dad began to put the pressure up and trying to beg. And the boy said, "Dad, one in one room, one in another." He said, "Dad, how much worse is it for me to get high on dope than you to get drunk on liquor?" You know, I've seen you drunk more than you've seen me high on dope. And he said, I'd like to ask you what the difference is. I said, Daddy, did you read him loud and clear? Is that a big ten for her? What did the Daddy say? He's a drunkard and trying to help his dope addict boy. You remember the little girl came from Chattanooga with a little Hollywood dad and a little uh, country club boy, one of these sport models? jelly bean or oh, he came in I want you to know you could smell his perfume a half a block away <clears throat> he brought one of the prettiest little girls you ever saw in your life I said let's let's go out to the farm let's go take a look I want you to see what's going on and we came out here came back to the study and sat down there <clears throat> I said now then you know me I, I always hope for the best even if the worst comes I said to her what'd you think about it she said Stupid idiots. (laughs) I said, you don't mean that about the girls. You hurt stupid idiots. She said, that's what they look like to me. That's what they are. And I would never be around them. She'd already had, she's 15. She'd already had two abortions. And the little sport model daddy said, little girl, I've got news for you. If you go back to Chattanooga with me, you're going straight to jail. And said, you're not, you've already ruined our home and you've ruined your grandmother and granddaddy's home and they don't want you and we can't take care of you and we're just going to drop you off at the jail, the juvenile shelter, and let them have you. And then she surfaced and said to him, Why do you want me to take, take me to a place and make me live like you've never been willing to live. That shot him out of the saddle. I said, Daddy, answer that, please. And that's it. And that's where your problem is in America. You give me an old-fashioned, godly, spirit-filled, separated, dedicated home, and you watch the children honor their parents. Repeal? Notice, you know, Brother Johnny, used to come hear me preach on the 10 we'd preach on the three R's. Repeal? Religion and Russia. Down at El Campo, we had a hot time in the old town that night. I got on religion, and I tore up Catholicism and uh, the false teachings, and I tore up denominationalism and all the rest of it. And uh, a little coward uh, local priest sat in a car down the street because we had a big PA system and he was taking it in. Next morning, when I got through with the three R's, brother, he was ready to get rid of the R roll-off. Yeah. He went before the city dabs and said, we've got to run that maniac out of town. Man, listen, he made an appeal to them, he stood before them, he begged, he pleaded, and he said, "He got. we need to get him to put that tent up and get on the road, get out of here. But I tell you what, it drew him to the meeting. And he walked right down the aisle under that tent. I mean, here he comes. Boy, he came and he stood right there and turned around. And I knew he was going to want to say something, so I, I just got quiet. And he he laid it on. I mean, he he tried to talk, you know, didn't know what to say. Bum fuzzled. <laughs> Spiritually illiterate. Didn't have a thimble full of spiritual discernment, cared nothing about, it. and walked out the chief of police was sitting out there and he'd just been saved in the meeting and he was wanting me to have him arrested. I said, no, let him go. Let him go. I I think a fellow like that wouldn't even be good for the jail. (laughs) I mean, just tell you the truth, because he sure was against evangelism and so, and then people getting saved. And so uh, he took off down the aisle. There was one little timid couple that got scared and took off after him. You know where he went? The beer joint had to steady his nerves, (laughs) had to get a tranquilizer, PABS, blue ribbon, pearl, (laughs) yeah, blats or blitz. There he goes. You know why he couldn't take condemnation of religion. I didn't talk against Jesus, I didn't talk against the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, I talked against religion without righteousness. And that's what's killing this country. Right. When he left, the people wondered, now what's Brother Olaf going to say? Well, I said, i got a sermon to preach, but tomorrow night I'll answer this rather rude visitor. And the next night, the people literally ran races to find a place to sit down. <laughs> I, I Listen, I saw old people get out of old cars and just run and try to get there to find a place to sign. Best advertising I had during a meeting. Ah, listen. We've seen our liberties be eroded. We've seen cigarettes and socialism and dope and the sodomites and a godless government take control. And we've seen patriotism go down the tube. And we've seen the home ravaged and raped. And we've seen Hollywood take over in America. Here's my predictions. The money system is going to go. We'll get ready, and we'll be using other things, but it'll be a government program, and the government plans and will plan and probably succeed to take over everything in America in the name of H-E-W in order to feed the hungry. Capitalism will bite the dust. Private enterprise will go under. And the government will take complete control of America. I said in 1930-some-odd, without being a a, a real smart or anything, I said that when Mr. Franklin, dead Roosevelt, introduced the New Deal and socialism, I said socialism is going to court Russianism and communism until they get married. And communism is marrying socialism. And think of what your offsprings are going to be. Infidels, mean, haters of God, despisers of righteousness. Bankruptcy, government ownership. Number three, an underground church. Oh, you'd say, Brother Olaf, you mean we're going to lose our right to work? Oh, yeah. You'd say, Brother well, I knew you didn't want to hear what I was going to say tonight, but hang around, smart Alec. God is not going to treat us any different than He's treated other starving nations because we starved God out of our nation. Right, right. God said, You've asked for it. You're going to get my three whips, famine, pestilence, and with pestilence means disease. Oh, the disease. Listen. The hospitals are going to become a joke, even though we'll have commercial medicine, commercialized hospitals, but they won't have anything to work with. And I know some of you can sit out there and smile and grin like a possum eating briars, but I'll tell you one thing, buddy. The time's going to come when this nation is going to be judged, and we're entering into it right now. Oh, you'd think it's a dark picture. I'm just simply saying, there's one thing that's wrong with America, and that's sin, and sin brings judgment. We can't escape judgment. Say what you will. I wish it could go away, but it it won't unless there would be a genuine revival. And let me tell you something. I see no signs of a nationwide revival, none. I've seen one revival, and that's the revival of sin, unrighteousness, (laughs) immorality, homosexuality. The devil's got the biggest revival going in America has ever had. Why? The nation is crazy in sin. And you're crazy if you take a stand against sin. And yet when people get in trouble, where do they bring the children? Right down here. Mothers come in here. And uh, I said to the mother, many of them, and I love every one of them, and the dads, and I try to be kind. And I said, uh, Mother, she'll have to wear dresses. She don't have any. Well, I said, Lady, I noticed you don't have on a dress. I wish you'd have worn. I don't have any either. But I tell you what they do. They say, Brother Olaf, we won't let that stand in the way of her standing. If you just keep her, I'll sure be glad for her to put on a dress. The standards have been shattered. The girls, the boys, I mean, they, they want to look alike. Co-ed bathrooms and all that kind that's immoral. I'm not all that good, and I never sprouted any wings, but, brother, I don't intend to go to the bathroom with a woman. I just don't want, I, I mean, I'm just not going to. Listen, I'd hunt me a ditch somewhere. <laughs> And boys, I want to train you the same way. Amen. Your old face ought to get as red as a turkey snout. You walk in. <laughs> I've made a mistake a time or two, <laughs> and, and, and went in the wrong one. My fever didn't go down for days. I'm just simply saying, little ladies, be little ladies. Be pure and clean. You might have a husband come by one day and need a good girl. Oh, listen, you know, our time's come and gone, but I've got to answer a question. You reckon Jesus was a fighter? Let me ask you this. When he went to the baptismal waters and he came out with his robes dripping with water, his clothes wet, who showed up at the baptismal service? Mm-hmm. Same one came here tonight, the devil himself. He walked up and said uh, Wonder if me and you could just sort of meet someplace and have it out. I feel like I want to fight a duel with you. Jesus said, I'd be glad to meet you. Jesus didn't take a bunch of deacons along. He didn't have any pep squad. He didn't have anybody to help him. He just met the devil head on. Hit him three times and his inners fell out. And he drug off through the wilderness trying to heal. Am I right? Right. You said right why he did he's a fighter. I'm not through. Brother, well, this answers your question. Jesus said to Matthew, let's uh, go down to the temple. He said, what you gonna do? He said, you wait till I get there. He said, I'm gonna clean it out. He walked in there and swept out the trash. He said, get out! Went on down and wrote a little piece and found Mark. He said, Mark, you better go to the temple with me. He said, what you gonna do? He said, we're gonna cleanse the temple. Well, he said, you've already put it down And Matthew. said, do what I tell you, let's go down there. He said, you write it in yours too. And Mark had to put it in. He picked up Dr. Luke a little while later, said, Luke, let's go cleanse the temple, bring you pencil and paper, and I want to put it in the Word of God. He said, well, Lord, already, t-. he said, put it down. I'm cleansing the temple. I'm going to get that bunch of hypocrites out of there. And would you believe that he walked on down the road and found General John and said, John, we've got a job to do. Get your pencil and paper. Come on, put her down. He said, Lord, you know this will make four times? He said, get your pencil and paper. And while John was picking up his pencil and paper, Jesus was doing a little whittling. He was doing a little building. He said, Lord, what, what are you making? He said, a whip. He said, a whip? Yes, sir. He said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to cleanse the temple. I'm going to drive some people out. Don't kid yourself, Buster. Jesus didn't go in the temple to whip those innocent animals and get them out. He went in at a, if needs be, to whip the guilty people to get them out. Now, there's always a little tenseness when I come to this part because somebody said, Brother Olaf, you don't believe that Jesus really hit anybody, do you? Huh? Let me say this. I do not think that he had to, but he raised his whip as a symbol of his power, and his word drove them out. But I tell you what I believe about Jesus. I believe if they'd have bucked him, and he sa- they said, we're not going by your word. I believe he could have exercised the right because he was going to cleanse the temple. Jesus never did start anything he didn't finish. Right. As I closed, Jesus was born in violation. He violated nature. He said, I don't have to have an earthly father. I'll violate natural fatherhood. Jesus violated the law of gravity. When Moses and Elijah came down, Mount Transfiguration, they they violated the law of gravity. When Jesus hung on the cross, while the S-O-N, capital S-O-N, died, the S-U-N died. While the light of the world was being snuffed out by wicked religious and state system and news media hands, the light of the sun went out. Jesus violated Religion, when he died, the veil was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Jesus violated the earth's normal activity, and it jumped up and down, and earthquakes took place when his blood began to hit the earth. The graveyard stepped out of line, and the mouths of the graves began to open. They laid him in a barred tomb. He violated everything in order to get up. He violated the Roman law. He broke the seal to pieces. He violated and disrespected, if you want to call it that, 16 brave Roman soldiers paid to do a job, but they couldn't do it, and fell back like dead men. And the last thing he did was to violate the law of gravity and said, folks, I'm heading for home. This old world has forgotten what Jesus did for it. And judgment must come. And I'm glad tonight. And I can still say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, will open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. And, sonny friend, I will promise you this. You'll never make it without Christ. Never. Last of all, I close with this. And this could so easily be so. I believe there's never been a decade of 10 years that we had as much right to expect the coming of Christ as this decade. I believe the signs and all the stuff that came to develop, the depravity, the immorality, the the homosexuality, and uh, the women out of place, the home busted to pieces, the church gone dead, all of it, education, government, all of it, points to a divine intervention and a coming of the Savior to take his Christian out because the tribulation and the day of Jacob's troubles got to be about that close. And I believe we'll go before the days of tribulation. The coming of our Lord is still our blessed hope. Jesus is standing at your heart's door, standing and knocking. He's knocked before. This is the question that you're going to have to face once more. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? And neutral you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, What will he do with me? Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff.